0: Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new podcast where today we're here once
1: more with more Knowing Wheel.
0: As always, I'm joined by Jamie183. How, how are we getting on mate?
1: I'm good, yeah. Decent morning. Uh, yeah, I got my Wordle in three today, so that was good.
0: You've genuinely brought up Wordle on this podcast. <laughs> that is deeply frustrating. Although I think, I no, I didn't get it at all. You Come to think of it,
1: it was horrendously easy today, so that's surprising.
0: It wasn't when I went down a rabbit hole of getting the wrong letters in the wrong right. order. So it was not. <laughs> I had three greens throughout pretty much the entire that's day. That's pretty
1: horrendous for you.
0: It is. Let, let's not talk about <laughs> World War uh, today. We, we've got plenty of things to discuss. Of course, if you missed out on the bonus podcast that went live yesterday, where we spoke about, obviously, the Alfa Romeo C42 launch. Definitely recommend going back and checking that one out. And as always, there will be links down below. Of course, Manscaped, the sponsor of the podcast. You know, if you're interested in picking up some Manscaped gear, we've got a link and, obviously, a code. If you use code WHEEL, you save 20%. Of course, F1 merch as well. I've been announcing over the last couple of days, you know, there's been all new lines dropped over on F1 merch. I think basically now every team has done their 2022 launch so whether you're a Mercedes fan, a Ferrari fan, a McLaren fan, even Jamie, you're one of four Alfa Romeo fans, (laughs) definitely go and check that out and of course yeah if you use the link down below you massively help support the channel but yeah of course Jamie as well Clips and Spotify there'll be links down there as well there's plenty of links being dropped down in the comments below but today we've got a lot of important stuff to get through don't we Jamie?
1: Yeah a lot has changed in the world since we recorded last week um and yeah, most of all, probably in terms of F1 terms, the thing that's affected the team the most is probably Haas, who yes. yeah, of course, I'm sure everyone is aware, um Russia have invaded Ukraine. We're not here to bring the news, that's been out like yeah, it's common knowledge. Um but yeah, I was gonna say we weren't the first no. to know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very disturbing situation completely. Um and my prayers go out to any Ukrainian people suffering basically. Um but yeah, that's affected Haas quite severely because obviously they've got Russian flags all over their car and the whole world is now trying to remove Russia from anything. So they did
0: have Russian flags all over their car.
1: Yeah, which is now just a completely basically a plain white car, which actually looks quite nice, just from an artistic point of view. Yes, (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah, and also with that Ural Kali, um, the sponsor who obviously calls the Russian uh, the Russian oil company, I believe um, backed by Mazepin's dad, who's a good friend of Vladimir Putin, which is not the best place to be at in the world right now. Um, it's, yeah, you can looking... pick your friends better this yeah. week. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, it's looking fairly certain at this point that Mazepin will not race for them this season.
0: Yeah, it's looking very, very difficult, isn't it? Again, this whole podcast this week is probably just going to be based on speculation. That knowing the timing Jamie and I have on this series, <laughs> I mean, by the time it goes live something will have already been confirmed and then we'll just look like Muppets. But yeah as Jamie obviously mentioned um, Nikita Mansman's father Dmitry uh, is actually a Russian oligarch. He was named on that list of 37 people uh, that were obviously working very very closely uh, with Vladimir Putin. I believe he was actually in the meeting on Thursday last week with Vladimir Putin as well of course. Some of the most famous people sort of Roped into this, involved with this. I think obviously the big one for especially you know UK people as well and a lot of Europe is obviously uh, Abramovich. Roman Abramovich, Roman Abramovich, the owner of Chelsea Football
1: Club. Exactly, or the former owner, I should say.
0: (laughs) Well, this is where things are a little bit uncertain at the moment, isn't it? But obviously, again, there's a lot of legal jargon around this. But to kind of explain it in the best terms for F1 fans to understand. It looks highly likely that Eurokali won't be able to give Haas money this year. And of course, then Haas will go back going, well, what's the point in us having this kid in our car if he's A, useless, <laughs> and B, now doesn't provide Penny any financial well. help.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's looking... And also, many countries are just banning Russians from entering at all. Yes. Which yeah. would therefore mean that Mazepin can't go to the races. So... yes for many reasons, most of all the moral reasons of not supporting Vladimir Putin effectively it looks likely that they'll need a new driver at Haas
0: Yes, it certainly certainly does. Now, four drivers then Jamie, have sort of come into the fray this week or into the picture of who can take that seat. So of course we're going to jump through each one Who would you like to start with?
1: I reckon start from the, the most boring upwards so we'll go Fittipaldi to start with I reckon
0: okay okay. who so of course, of
1: course... Uh, sorry uh, he drove for Haas when Grosjean was injured at the end of 2020 of course it wouldn't be his debut um, with the team though it's it's basically a safe bet I guess I, the only way I can see this happening is if they're able to keep Mazepin but he can't go to certain countries and those races where he can't go they would get Fittipaldi in because that's kind of the point of a reserve driver
0: I think that would be most of the races, when you think how European-based Formula One still is. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, a bit of a background story then to Pietro Fittipaldi, of course. Came up through the junior ranks, of course. Fittipaldi, yes, he is the grandson of the iconic Brazilian legend, Emerson Fittipaldi. Uh, Like you said, obviously, is Haas's reserve driver. Did a couple of races for them at the back end of 2020
1: didn't exactly set the world alight, did he Jamie he wasn't terrible but he just wasn't great so no <laughs> there was yeah. very low expectations for him with the car was pretty dreadful um he wasn't offensively worse than Magnuson. he obviously got beaten in both qualities and races say, he, he was still
0: pretty worse than yeah. Magnuson, though wasn't he but well, it I'm wasn't scared.
1: it wasn't like laughable as far as I remember
0: uh no I don't think he was laughable but <clears> by <throat> that point Magnuson had all but given up yeah. as well hadn't he yeah so, probably wasn't great. Let's have a look. Um, let's go Abu... Sorry, F1 2020, Abu Dhabi. That's probably going to be our best yeah. reference. because I course think he did F1 okay. Done um, yeah, I don't remember him being completely horrendous, yeah. but I don't think he was particularly good either.
1: But he won't be... <sighs> or if he does get a C, I don't think he'll be much of a step up on what Mazepin offers them, really.
0: Yeah, <coughs> so, yeah, no, to be fair, um, Abu Dhabi was only three-tenths slower than K-Mag in qualifying. Which actually, to be fair, is pretty That's not good that bad no. <laughs> And then in the race, he was a lap behind him, which isn't so right. good.
1: Right, or he would have got lapped. And Magnuson wasn't lapped, was that or something? Yeah,
0: so Magnuson got lapped once. He got lapped oh, twice. Okay,
1: so it's hard to tell how well the actual gap was.
0: Yeah, yeah, they both got jumped by the Satifi though, which tells you everything you need oh, to know. Oh wow, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so i I'd, I'd, I hope this one doesn't happen. To be honest, just I don't think it'd be very exciting for the team. Of course, uh, we heard Fred Vassar this week saying that like having an experienced driver next to a rookie or effectively a rookie is a much better way of doing things than having two yes. rookies. And I think Gunther Steiner has kind of come to that conclusion as well, having had two yeah. rookies last year. Um, it's not the best strategy, I don't think. So I would be surprised if Fittipaldi does get the seat full-time. Uh, but what, what do you think on it?
0: Yeah, I think to play sort of devil's advocate, if you will, on this, obviously could potentially bring a lot of money to the team. And this was something I was open and Aaron about earlier on, when we sort of... I mean, we're going to talk about Andretti later on in the video. But Haas, I think, desperately now, more than ever, probably need to completely swing back towards this born-in-the-USA mentality. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the way the sport's grown over the last 12 months. If they bring in a US driver, paint the car with US flags and build up what is already a rapidly growing audience. They might not end up in a situation again where they have to try and be backed by Russian money, yeah, which maybe at not. the moment is not worth it—not worth the paper it's printed on. No. Um, so whether we'll see that sort of twist from Haas, like we've said, um, is a very, very different question. Like you mentioned there, um, it looks like Haas want, if they can ideally is try and get someone in with some experience and that kind of leads us on quite nicely into the man it looks like Gunther Steiner is really pushing towards and I think I, am I right in saying would be the man you'd want to see in the car out of the four uh,
1: probably it's I I. we're talking about Nico Hulkenberg of course the absolute goat but uh, well, let's I've got far. such like I don't know how to feel if this was to come true because obviously I'm, I'm a fan of his I really do want to see him come back but the car's going to be trash, and he's not going to be... Two years' worth of development. Well, yeah, but still. And I don't believe he would be anywhere near his prime, to be honest. He's, what, 33 now? Maybe 34? Is he only that old? He's not, He's not like, old-old, but, like, he's definitely I not... He... I always thought he was going to say, like, prime.
0: 34, 35, to be honest. I'm, I'm trying... Oh, no, I found some
1: random tennis player. He is 34, yeah.
0: No, I found a footballer.
1: <laughs> no, he's he's 34. He obviously had a year out of sport completely, had another year basically out of sport in 2020.
0: And 2011.
1: <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> a decade just ago.
0: Wanted to, remember, he got replaced by Pastor Maldonado. He got replaced right? by, Whenever by Jamie. I <laughs> <to Hulkenberg, laughs> like getting to a remind pole him.
1: position two races prior. I'll bring that one up again.
0: There, there would be some deep irony there, isn't it? That Holkerberg starts his career by getting replaced by someone with a lot of money. And only gets back into Formula One. When the money because dries someone out. with a <laughs> lot of money needs to be replaced. Yeah.
1: It, I would I think if Gunther wants this, and obviously he's got tons of experience, um, will know how to set a car up, gets I think he gets along well with Mick Schumacher. I might have just made that up because they're both German. Two Germans? But yeah, it'll be a good relationship, you'd imagine. Hulk's obviously not He wouldn't be like expecting massive things from Haas, so he'd just be there to help Mick, like, develop. So I don't know. I think the problem in at the end of 2019 when he was looking for seats was like he had a lot of wage demands. I feel like now he wouldn't have such high expectations because obviously it's not he's not like a hot property anymore, not that he, you're going to say not that he was then, but
0: <laughs> well, you've said it for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I think yeah, I can a Hulken- see it happening.
0: Hulkenberg would surely now be the cheapest date in the world for a Formula <laughs> 1 seat at the moment
1: it it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if he gets it and it'd be really cool. I would like to see him back.
0: Because I think well it obviously always the wages of the drivers are not very well known. I think Mick was on half a million last year effectively, although I'm never yeah. really sure how it works when you're paying the team. Yeah. I can't imagine Hulk would probably be able to try and request anything more than about a million mm. unless he could bring a lot of unless he could bring some sponsors with him as well.
1: You'd imagine he would bring some sponsors because he's a big name and like he works quite closely Is with Samsung. Is he particularly though? I know that he, well, he does <laughs> hashtag ads on Instagram all the time for Samsung, so he must have them on board.
0: <laughs> Let's have a look. Nico Hulkenberg's sponsors.
1: I think though. he's still got some some of the German he's, backing.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say he's got Decra uh, along yeah. with Alpine stars. Um, he's worth about four point six million. He's only worth four point six mil.
1: That's, I'd take that if I was worth four point six mil.
0: I love the fact that on his social media, Jimmy, you're gonna love this. Oh no. He also has a YouTube channel with eight hundred and forty one subscribers. I've almost to, got which he, of that. to which he used to upload content about six years ago.
1: Oh, I need to find out. <laughs> that's this. incredible. That's my evening sorted. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. I back to the point. I think it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. To be fair, I think this is probably the most likely as of this second right now. It's probably yeah, I think money on. if you were
0: going to put your money on yeah. anyone, Hülkenberg there even if he did literally just come in as the world's cheapest date, it would make sense for Haas, the only again, like you said, obviously Hülkenberg seemed to for some reason believe he was worth his weight in gold <laughs> in Formula 1 I just think
1: he didn't he... think it was worth his time to tray around at the back almost like Magnussen was saying in his biography or autobiography recently He was
0: could have come back with Williams
1: Yeah, but he didn't want to because there's no point like I don't know. I feel like those sorts of drivers who've been in midfield all their career, unless they're really missing the sport, there's no point just coming back to do more of that.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think... The thing is with Hulkenberg as well, obviously, he stayed as a third driver for Aston Martin, hasn't he? Which mm. I just find hilarious.
1: Because um, he's clearly better than Stroll. and I, I would stand by that.
0: Yeah, so would I. I'd argue, to be <laughs> he's honest... probably
1: as Clive as Vettel at this point. He well. would probably still yeah <laughs> do better than
0: both of them over the course of a season. Um, but... Yeah, so obviously he'll have still been doing a lot of his fitness regime, everything like that. And I think, like we said, I if I was putting money on anyone, I think Hulk would A, be the most sensible, and B, be the most likely one. Let's go into one that is probably the one I least want to see in the car <laughs> then, Jamie. Apparently, and again, we can sort of understand why he's being linked to the seat. Apparently, Antonio Giovinazzi is, is sniffing around.
1: Yeah, and it it would just be so... just like such dead news almost. I mean, he's
0: been awful in
1: Formula E. Has he? I've not been following it at all. He's been
0: like hanging
1: on around the back uh, in the two races I've seen. But like, he was so uninspiring in all of his time Formula 1.
0: He he had a couple of flashes of the pan brilliance, but they were very much just flashes, weren't they? Yeah. Because I think this was the problem as well. Being an Alfa Romeo... Obviously when he managed to get into Q3 a few times People weren't comparing it to like George Russell Being able to get into Q3 No
1: Because everyone so, yeah. kind of figured that Kimmy had given up On being quick and qualifying by then
0: Yeah so currently Antonio Giovinazzi Is 22nd in Formula e.
1: How many drivers are in FE?
0: 22
1: Oh great <laughs> He's behind <laughs> so he's Dan Tickton Wow. Yeah,
0: I mean, to be fair, he's with Dragon, which are an awful team as well.
1: They sound like a made-up team, to be honest.
0: Well, they're Dragon, Penske, Autosport, oh, which are three fair. companies. Yeah. Seems, I it don't. Seems s- interesting. I mean, I
1: hope this doesn't happen. It it almost wouldn't surprise me, just because it obviously the Ferrari backing of Haas But it would be so uninspiring. He's not going to bring much in terms of pace. He's not going to bring much in terms of experience. He's only had what three years in F one. It's a fair amount, to be fair to yeah. him. Well, it's only one more than Mick, or two more than Mick. Sorry, I was gonna but, say, yeah.
0: How can you not count
1: to three? Okay, yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, that's worrying. Sorry, I, I don't really see it. I also don't see why Ferrari would push that hard to get Giovinazzi back in F one because he's sort of because had his a, chance
0: because he's Italian.
1: But he's also not, useless. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. <laughs> going to say a bit you, more gonna than that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Uh, Ferrari obviously want to keep Giovinazzi around because he's Italian. I don't even, I don't even know if he brings that much sponsorship because his personality. He's basically like Nicolas Latifi. You could quite easily forget he was there. Yeah. A lot of the time, the only way I can sort of see Haas wanting him is if they go, "Right, well, we'll have him back in the car this year, but we want free Ferrari power for the like next three years or something <laughs> yeah. like that." If they throw try out to save some, money that some
1: way. mega deal basically.
0: but it does just beg the question you know we're, we're sort of looking around here we've got a driver that neither of us are confident in. we've got a driver that's only ever done two grand Prix's that we're not confident in and we've <laughs> got a man that hasn't been in a car in almost two years that you even your favorite one of your favorite drivers <laughs> of all time you're not even confident in I would be, I,
1: I, I think he'd do a good job i I don't see him having the desire to come back full-time. And I don't think he'll be as good as he once was.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think he'd jump back in no. and suddenly be the same mediocre Mug he was those <laughs> years ago.
1: I'm not having this. Let's
0: let's jump in then, Jamie, to the one I think I can definitely say I'd most want to see in the car, but he's definitely the biggest stretch.
1: definitely won't. It? <laughs> you can play as You say that now.
0: Say definitely won't. Highly unlikely he won't. Mm. I want to believe just a little bit
1: young Oscar Piastri. I just don't see this at all. I think he's probably the best driver who's not in F1 at the minute in terms of single seat drivers.
0: Yep. I, I'd agree with that. It's a he's right up there, yeah. It's a like bit a of a crime freeze.
1: that he's not in F1 to be honest and I completely blame Alpine for this. Yep, um, so not, we, not we Guan both Yuzhou, do. Uh, No, you can't blame Yu no, for exactly. it. Because even though
0: Wayne, got backed by a lot of Yan, yeah. as soon as they... Inv- invade, invade Taiwan, um, next. Taiwan, yeah. I have been slightly worrying about that, to be fair.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, Piastri is obviously Alpine Reserve, F2 champion, F3 champion, F3 champion, F3 champion. F4
0: Formula champion. Formula Renault champion. <laughs> he's he's basically, he's done, I think he's actually done better than Leclerc and George Russell, because they didn't win three junior championships in a row, I don't progressively. Think,
1: did they do three in a row?
0: Yes, no one just goes straight into F three or GP three Then yeah. do they? Oh yeah, I think um, keep talking about Oscar Piastri for a yeah. second. I'm just going to double check I haven't. Made so that he's
1: up. clearly like going to be an F one in the future, quite obviously. We do um, hope so. You, he's got to be. There's, I would put my entire bank account on him being an F one next year in 2023. I so... want to hold you for that. <laughs> there's no way he's not. And if it's some, there's someone needs to get arrested if that's happened. Um, but yeah. I don't see this happening for a number of reasons firstly he's nothing to do with Haas secondly they've they've made it quite clear that two rookies is a bad idea so replacing one rookie with another one isn't really going to help replacing a rookie they've well, already got their own driver with s- a, a so- little bit of experience. sophomore whatever they call them in- a <laughs> sophomore, yeah. sophomore yeah with a, a, another rookie I just don't see it happening and yeah I, I do think Piastri would do a good job if he went I think he'd comfortably beat Schumacher um Interesting but take. I don't. I don't. One, one I agree with, but interesting. <laughs> I think if you compare the the F two campaigns, then Piastri's was far more impressive. So yes,
0: yeah, and of course, the other interesting thing I thought about was obviously Mick Schumacher was renowned for his second season mm. in a Formula One team. Piastri has basically been renowned as I'll jump in and beat everyone in my first time in the car. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah, F one champion, we get four in a row.
0: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And uh, just to back up that point I made a moment ago, yeah, Charles Leclerc and George Russell both won GP3. Leclerc, the year before that, uh, came fourth in the FIA European F3. And then George Russell, the year after, came third in the same championship. So Oscar Piastri yeah, did win three Three junior titles in a row, which George Russell and Charles Leclerc couldn't do. And they're two of the hottest property now in Formula 1. The main reason I want to remain optimistic about Oscar Piastri coming into Formula One is literally earlier on today Alonso has said he wants to do at least one or two more years after this season in the sport so the only real way at the moment I can see Piastri coming in because of course Ocon's got a long-term deal is either with Andretti which again we'll talk about a lot more later on in the podcast or he just has to try and go out somewhere else and prove himself with another team
1: yeah it could also make a little bit of sense for Alpine themselves because obviously they've got a stacked young lineup. It's completely if they were to make ties with Haas and maybe like have one of those seats, it's almost like we see with Ferrari and Alpha, or uh, and Red Bull with yeah, Williams Red Bull with, at the moment with Williams right now, but that, that's up for a change quite often. Uh, yeah, it, it it could happen. I I I don't think it will. I still, I still no. would back Hulkenberg. I think, and also I've just done some research and found out that Holker also won three years in a row a Junior Formula. So did he? A1 GP, F3, and F2.
0: Oh, A1 GP doesn't count for anything. Why not? <laughs> it was
1: awful. You can't honestly A1GP say that A1 with a straight GP face. You cannot say A1 GP. 2009 GP2 champion. What are you saying? Jimmy
0: How do you expect A1 GP <laughs> to be compared to anything? let's let's just have a look what season was that Through 2007
1: 07 yeah oh so
0: it was a season that lapped over years wow
1: well no it was wait let me uh, this is so off topic but we're doing it we are going down from October to April so it was basically 2007
0: I'm sorry Jamie this is awful (laughs) he went up New Zealand came second (laughs) and have you ever heard of Robbie Kurt no nor has anyone else and he managed to come
1: third (laughs) Sebastian Buemi erased it and Great. Sergio Perez.
0: Great, Perez did one weekend.
1: Yeah, and didn't get any points. Rubbish.
0: I cannot believe you've actually tried Greece to bring the game twenty fourth.
1: There was twenty four <laughs> countries involved. How well, there we go. Piastri is no better in. than Hulkenberg, If you look at that twenty really fourth.
0: I am very frustrated with you right now. <laughs> Genuinely, that has annoyed me.
1: But yes, who if we were to. Well, we can choose who we think will get it and who we want to get it each, I reckon. Yes. In terms of the half seats.
0: I mean, we've both kind of said that, haven't we, already yeah. now? We we both think Hulkenberg will get it, and we yeah. both want Piastri I to mean, get it. I
1: mean, I don't know who I would... I would be quite happy if either of them got it, Hulk or Piastri.
0: The thing is, Piastri is a young, exciting prospect. Hulk is old and washed up.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, no. So he'll he'll suit the the rest of the Germans on the grid then.
0: Yeah, pretty much, would not he? he Who's that, like Seb? And That's just it, Seb. And just Mick, Seb, yeah, pretty but he's much. Young. Yeah, i Mick Schumacher. I was gonna say, yeah, I think. I mean, I I would just beg, beg Alpine. Look, you you're on a budget cap now. You have got plenty of money to throw around. Just pay them what they want to put Mick a uh, a Mick, uh, Mick in the car, Oscar in the car for 2022 even if it's just to get your own data on him or give Haas a cool-looking Alpine-style livery or something like that. Desperately, desperately want to see Oscar Piastri in that car. Um, Talking, obviously, whilst we're on the topic of Haas, though, Jamie, looks like, apparently, 1 plus 1, which I've learnt are the company that obviously back Mick with the team, and Gene Haas look like they're going to have to be the ones that pour the money in, though. Which yeah. I don't think Gene Hass is particularly happy about.
1: No, I'd be surprised. Although, at least it's kind of... It's no one's real fault. Cause no well, one I think I can blame 170 well, I can blame v- on Vladen- Russian Vladen- on it. Yeah. yeah, but like, <laughs> uh, Gunther Sain had nothing to do with it. so <laughs> So I don't think... Like, it obviously is a really bad situation, but it's not like he can blame the drivers for constantly crashing in cars and costing money and stuff like that because it's genuinely completely out of anyone at Haas's hands yes, and it's just yeah. fallen that they now need more money which is going to come from gene Haas, and that's kind of what you sign up for when you're running an f1 team
0: yeah it is quite impressive isn't it that gene Haas? i mean he's desperately tried to sell bits of the team off as best as possible um but yeah every tries it
1: just comes back to him all the time
0: it does really I mean, has to be fair, like they are a team that up until last year I like, did quite support. They haven't had a fun time of it in the Not sport either, have they? They came in, did really well the first couple of years, then ended up getting money from rich or didn't get money from rich energy. Yeah. Then have to sell off to Russia, and then this happens. Like, I just feel sorry for the staff that work at the team as much yeah. as anything else.
1: Yeah. Cause they're doing their best, but there's no money and there's no Seemingly, not much hope at the minute. No, but then we haven't seen them turn a wheel in anger yet. So you can always wait and see.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not optimistic that's going to be particularly great either because the pace didn't look good in winter testing, and they did the least laps out of anyone. Yeah, they did. It's, I mean, we've said it before, haven't we, on this podcast? We're not optimistic about Hass's longevity in the sport. No, this certainly hasn't helped the argument against that, has it? <laughs> no, not, not really. But we'll move let's on. yeah, let's let's <laughs> discuss our other American team then, Jamie, that are potentially coming in.
1: Yeah, Andretti. We spoke about them last week. We've um, mentioned them about four times yeah. so far today. they seem to be
0: looped in with everything.
1: Yeah, there's been no concrete anything has happened since then. But yeah, there's a few little more news news things about them since uh, since last time we recorded. One of which is there's not many teams very happy about them. Um, which is yeah. interesting because the FIA obviously would want more teams you'd imagine because I think they they aim for like 12 and after that it guess, a bit ridiculous but 12 is what they aim yeah. for
0: 13 is the maximum at the yeah. moment you can only have 26 cars in a race and of
1: course we've only got 10 so do they like the FIA will push for it other teams obviously they've got their own interests at heart so they're going to be like one more team to potentially beat us is probably a bad thing so they've kind of been against it but we see this quite often with teams like, especially the powerful teams playing their cards close to their chests and sort of getting their own way eventually.
0: Yeah, and I think this is the thing isn't it with Andretti is I mean we had a lot of the same sort of controversy when Hass were coming mm. to the sport as well in all fairness. I think what the FIA would need to change is every team get a share of the prize pool is the big one Like they promised HRT, Virgin and Caterham all those years ago. And they went, oh no, it's only the top 10. So it was basically just whichever team of those lucked into a better result Mm. over the year when there was carnage got the points and the money. Um, I think what the big teams are worried about though, and I don't think a lot of people this side of the pond realise as well. Andretti are very, very sophisticated as an organisation and minted as well They yeah. the, in the years before the budget cap had they wanted to come in they would not have struggled to put upwards of half a million pounds into a yearly budget
1: yeah and it's it says a lot I think because say if I don't know Mana tried coming back you don't imagine Mercedes would be that worried they'd probably really be for it because they used to have quite close ties but the fact that the, the big teams are or do seem to be rattled a little bit, or like quite scared of letting Andretti in, they clearly know that they could be a threat in the future.
0: Yes, yeah, that's that's the really big thing, isn't it? And I mean, so far, there's only been two teams that have confirmed they would be, because of course the FIA have to allow, all the teams have to agree that a new team can come in. Apparently it's only McLaren, and I think... I think it's Haas as well, I remember reading, but don't hold me to that one. I know there were two teams, definitely McLaren, and I think Haas are the only teams that are happy to see Andretti come in. But of course, Andretti, even in the past, have tried to buy Haas off Gene, and yeah. he's not wanted to sell to him.
1: Yeah, I think that was at the time when Gene Haas probably had a bit of hope for the team. Well, back in so, 2019, yeah. yeah.
0: Obviously, when all the rich energy <laughs> stuff was falling through.
1: Yeah, so Andretti's been trying to get into the sport for a while. You imagine, well, the FIA are definitely for it, just because of more teams and American market is huge. So yes. it would definitely benefit that. And it's, it's, it is quite surprising, I find at least, that teams are scared. I get almost the lower team, like Williams and the likes of Alfa Romeo maybe, the teams that would initially be under threat from Andretti. I get why they wouldn't let them in, because especially with the 10th place thing, basically another team means that someone could then move from 10th to 11th whether it be Haas or Williams or whoever and then suddenly that's going to put them under threat of not continuing the sport basically because of no prize money yes yeah so I can see why those sorts of teams are a bit bit apprehensive but the fact that Mercedes and Red Bull seem to be the most reluctant is, is quite surprising
0: yeah I mean Mercedes and Red Bull have been the most vocal about it isn't it but of course normally we hear a lot more from Toto Wolff and Christian Horner. Um, Speaking of... Well, again, this week it has been confirmed. Michael Andretti did also confirm that Renault power would be what they'd go with. Which, again, then I'm sort of like, why Red Bull and
1: Mercedes worried? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to blow up all the time, as we've seen from testing, apparently. Could...
0: Yeah, could we see them maybe become a bit of a Renault junior team? Is this going to be the way Oscar Piastri finally gets into F1? <laughs> you I hope he be that in, in two by, years by 2025,
1: 2025, wouldn't you? 2024? Well, 2024, they're looking to come Still. in. And I'd
0: hope he'd be there before then. Yeah.
1: yeah, maybe it's a Kai Okale job when he's grown up a bit. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think it's fairly it was fairly expected that they have to go with Renault because there's a rule that if no one wants to supply them then the team that supplies at least other teams has to supply them so yes. it yeah. was always going to be right really but so that, I mean they, but, yeah. they
0: could have tried to do a deal with Mercedes, They well I mean Honda you wouldn't really probably want to do a deal with at the moment of course because no, there's all this uncertainty about them and I don't think Red Bull that will be quite funny if in the future Red Bull have to start giving other teams power units
1: yeah Red Bull powertrains becomes like imagine like a uh, Alfa Romeo Red Bull or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, Red Bull Powertrains becomes the new Cosworth DFE yeah. <laughs> or something like that. that. would be quite funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm just sort of looking at it going... I think I mentioned this before a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, Jamie? You know, whether that could be where Guan Yuzhou goes in the future, you know, sort of give Andretti guaranteed income coming in yeah. as well. But yeah. could this then loop back around to Haskell? Well, actually, we could go with some Renault power as well here. And then we'd have quite a good benchmark to go up against
1: yeah they could fight it out to be the best of the americans i guess
0: yeah lot lots of speculation isn't there like we said this week is pretty much all about speculation but we can hope you know andretti we want more teams on the grid the only other reason i can think that the fi might be reluctant to have them of course goes back to audi apparently want two teams in the sport mm. and if porsche i mean there's more talks that porsche obviously want to come in as an engine supplier rather than a team you know, then could the FIA be going, well, why on earth would we want some Americans in if we can get three new German teams in?
1: Yeah, and they're huge manufacturers. That would do loads for them.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: But it's, it seems reassuring, though, from Andretti.
0: And, of course, the media around Formula 1 in more recent years has been a lot more, obviously, informal and everything like that. But it does feel like there's a lot more talk about them than we've ever really had with teams before that want to try and get into the sport.
1: Yeah, even the likes of Audi have been rumbling on for the best like ever since i went onto f on twitter which was like what six seven years ago now yeah so there's been a lot a lot more promising talks of andretti already than any other like team throughout the time i've been on twitter so we'll have to wait yes. and see
0: we we certainly will and of course yeah they're still eyeing up 2024 if it's going to be ever but you know, never know they could push that forward a year if they get a bit excited if they get accepted in everything like that um, 200 million buy-in though is still absolutely insane, but yeah. they they reckon that is chump change exactly. Yeah. Andretti have said yeah, no, we can do that, that's fine. Which again is I think probably why we're sort of seeing the big teams kind of a bit scared, it yeah, at the moment. Um, last but not least though, Jamie, sort of our main talking point of today, which of course will divide up into a few little subsections: winter testing or pre-winter testing or whatever we want to dub it now. Uh, Long Shakedown, I believe. <laughs> Long like that. Shakedown, yeah, from Circuit Catalunya. Has all been finished. Of course, there was all this controversy a few weeks ago about the fact it wasn't going to be streamed live or anything like that. And to be fair, I probably got as much information from it as I would if it was on TV. Because who's got the time to watch F1 exactly, in the middle get of the week? Exactly. Or, or, yeah, go to uni like Jamie does. <laughs> I have John as well. Chill rather, out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough, Ryan, Rather than trying to pull rank. Um interesting though obviously again we cannot tell you enough winter testing does not guarantee anything in formula one especially pre-winter testing extended shakedown or whatever we're dubbing yeah. it now it doesn't guarantee lap anything lap times in the do sport. not
1: matter <laughs> do not look that, at lap times
0: that being said we're hamilton about to look at lap <laughs> we're gonna look at lap times we're gonna talk about that <laughs> hamilton fastest at the end of pre-winter shakedown testing extra
1: I'm just going to do some quick research of what the poll time was at Catalonia in last season. Probably a 15. It was a 16.7. Um A 16 so Hamilton's time is, what's that, 2.4 seconds slower. And,
0: and when the teams reckon they're only going to lose about half a second... Yeah.
1: Clearly, that's... they're not pushing. Like no. This is all meaningless. I, it looks like I'm saying it's 1-2 with Perez third. It could be anything. I think the talking of the paddock was that Ferrari and McLaren are both quite strong. Um yes. And Ferrari are staying quiet, which usually means they are quite strong because I think they've learned from back in the day when they used to blow their own trumpet massively.
0: Absolutely rag around yeah. <laughs> pre-season testing, get to Australia and go, where Muck Pace come from? Yeah, yeah. That's when our, When our fifth, what's <laughs> <was> happened?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, and also Mercedes and Red Bull have said they're bringing basically B-spec cars almost to the actual Bahrain test in a couple yes. of you know, weeks' time. Yeah, um, yeah a 19-1 for Hamilton ranging down like through the 20s for the lower end of the, the field and stuff it means very little it doesn't really mean a lot at all but for I'm sure Matt's very happy that Hamilton is at the top of the timesheets
0: yeah yeah I'm ecstatic like I said it yeah. means nothing so <laughs> great
1: yeah more importantly I think the laps completed is the one that that's the basically... Ferrari
0: could actually be tooting their own horn about it. yeah
1: and that's also like the thing that matters in winter testing it's basically just Run the cars, see what goes wrong, and fix it in time for the season. That's yeah. sort of the agenda. So, laps completed is a much better barometer of who's doing well. I find. Science twenty twenty two
0: world champion.
1: Yeah, science is a has won the laps completed in first shakedown testing world championship, which is a a snappy title. But it is two hundred thirty six laps. I think two hundred almost of those were in one day, because uh, he only did a day and a half in total. Yep. So yeah. he did it. he did at least three like race distances in a day, which was pretty mad. Um and yeah, the Ferrari's basically working flawlessly so far, which is nice for our very early preseason predictions, but I think we both put them as champions.
0: no, <laughs> I put them as second because oh, I'm a second. not a complete moron.
1: I'm definitely on the Ferrari high train. So Choo-choo. yeah, it's a good time to be a Ferrari or a McLaren fan. The Mercedes of course ran pretty smoothly, as they always do. Red yeah. Bull had a small amount of issue with Perez um, one of the days. Yeah, and Perez yeah. had a
0: couple of small issues, didn't he? I think... Yeah. Um, but really, again, it felt almost like we've got this whole new generation of cars. There's all this hype around it. And it doesn't really seem like the order's changed around a huge amount, no, does it? it? not massively. It's a- apparently, the rumblings are, like we said, Mercedes and Red Bull still seem to be right at the front. Fre- Ferrari and McLaren have looked strong, but apparently they've basically shown their hand in terms of what their car will look like in Bahrain, whilst Mercedes and uh, Red Bull are apparently bringing a lot of upgrades. So I think Bahrain testing is going to be a lot more of a telling story, isn't it? But yeah, going back to the laps, though, reassuring to see Alex Albon there up in fourth place with 207 laps. So that's very good going.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, good for Williams. Eight. I remember a couple of years ago, they were absolutely shocking in testing. They didn't arrive for two days. And then, yeah, it was all downhill from there, I think. Yeah, they had Kibitzer and Russell as their lineup in 2019.
0: Yeah, just couldn't get any laps yeah. in. Of so, course,
1: reassuring stuff for them.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Albon himself did more laps than Alfa Romeo and Haas, which I think are the team a lot of people still think William's going to be battling with. But, I mean, mm. both of those teams, when it couldn't get, especially for Haas, when it couldn't get much worse really really poor winter testing in terms of reliability of course alpha may have to bring in a load of parts on day two i think alpha were
1: i obviously am a massive guanillo fan so i'm following alpha very closely they seem to be okay with how it went obviously they're a bit frustrated that it lost track time but all the stuff that went wrong were quite simple fixes it was was important that it got ironed out wasn't it yeah yeah so it wasn't horrendous for them it's not like they've got a complete misunderstanding of the car
0: no no, and um, course but it has, was a bit yeah. of
1: a shame for Bottas uh, specifically I think Joe got a full afternoons running it did like 70 laps one afternoon so he got I think 110 roughly and Bottas got about 50 and Kvitsa obviously got a few on the first day as well um, so not ideal for Bottas in his new team but Joe did a decent job apart from spinning into the gravel once which is a <laughs> thing rookies do sometimes D-
0: didn't he do it twice?
1: no the second time the card has broke down on an out lap right okay um, okay. So we only we'll, made a we'll allow once. that then.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think like we said, Bahrain will be a much more telling test, won't it, than anything else. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Hass with leaks and issues and it turns out their funding comes from countries that like start wars. Yeah. It's it's not been a fun couple of weeks for them both in no. the circuit and I'm sorry of it as well. But we'll have to wait and see about that. Uh the big obviously the other big reliability thing though as we're talking about that of course Alpine with Fernando Alonso I mean quite a I, I like the old style engine blow-ups. you know we want to see yeah. a lot of smoke like a proper V10 completely getting chucked out the back end of a Formula One car it's it's not always a pretty sight but it's not great for a, a
1: visibility old track either but it's always no, nice no but it is always nice quite,
0: quite a shot isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah and Alonso I mean, stood there shrouded in engine smoke uh, harking back to 2017 and back to 2000 seven no six well he didn't 2006? even have any payload, did he? no yeah. when was I don't know back when in you're the day thinking of... I never really him but it was just like back in the days when the internal combustion engines used to break all the time
0: that was Kimi Räikkönen in 05 yeah, the car 05, just blew yeah. up every other week
1: he's getting his uh, comeuppance for that maybe winning a championship by reliability in 05 but yeah the Alpine didn't look brilliant on reliability I think that was another issue as well one of the different days um, yeah so yeah, I we've heard rumblings of stuff going wrong at Alpine. We've also heard everything internally being quite positive. So yeah, they're yeah, one it's of those very teams very odd, isn't we it? We have no idea what they're going to do. So
0: yeah, because uh, even after the engine failure for Alonso, he still sounded very optimistic for him. Yeah. which is Alonso, so he's probably cursed himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alpine again. Uh, I mean, you predicted him what like fourth this fourth. year? I think I said about seventh or eighth. Either still seems as likely as the other at the moment, doesn't it? Like, they could finish either end. We just really don't know. Yeah, they're very, Um,
1: very French, very unpredictable. So we'll see what's going to happen.
0: Right, yeah. Okay, (laughs) let's talk about then the final big sort of talking point from winter testing, Jamie. Something that Formula One, well, definitely not in our lifetime.
1: No. Something (laughs) that Formula One
0: hasn't seen in a very, very long time. Porpoising
1: has returned. Yeah, now, do you want to explain
0: term. that to everyone? Well,
1: not brand um, new.
0: Nice. Back, in the, back in the
1: late 70s. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you said a Guan Yu then for a second. That would have been a good joke. <laughs> yeah, porpoising, it's to do with ground effect. I know that, obviously, they've changed the aerodynamics. Uh, the aerodynamics are way less important now in terms of generating downforce to the cars, and all the downforce, or a vast majority of it, comes from the ground effect, which is all to do with the floor and how close you can get to the ground. Which they're very close this year, as we've seen um, very many clips. Specifically, I saw the Ferrari of Leclerc was the most extreme one, I believe. Yes. Basically, the car bounces up and down like it lurches forward and backwards as you go along the straight. Because it's so close to the ground that it's like vacuuming itself to the ground almost.
0: Well, the air gets compressed, so it drags in more downforce. And then when it gets too close to the ground, obviously, then it doesn't work as effectively anymore. So it lifts back up. And then you just get this weird <coughs> sort of wave effect, so like obviously yeah. a porpoise does. That's yeah. where the name comes from.
1: So it's, it's like bemused all the teams, it seems like. It's going to be a widespread problem. And it is a problem. They can't just leave it like this because it damages the floor quite badly. Um,
0: like we like said, this is what yeah. Alpha Romeo struggled so badly with.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see the solutions. I It could just be raising the ride height of it, but obviously you'd lose downforce by doing that. So... It's yeah, a we've thing seen the teams need to get their heads around. It does exactly. surprise me that no one saw it coming, to be fair.
0: Well, this is the problem, isn't it? Like a lot of teams have said, you know, you can test a lot of things in the wind tunnel. Porpoising is not one of them. Yeah. You cannot test that sort of thing because, of course, the car isn't moving. Yeah. Um, But yeah, obviously we've seen a couple of teams, I think, I want to say Aston Martin, but I could be completely wrong with that one. Uh, you know, a couple of teams have taken little chunks out of the floor. They'll sort of creating little yeah, holes yeah. here and there. Almost to try like and combat like gills,
1: like they've got on the top of the, the side pods. Yeah, through the floor yeah. as well.
0: But I think, especially you know, Bahrain's quite a smooth circuit, though. So even if you do get a bit of it there, that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, yeah, how teams are going to fare with that this year? Perhaps this is why I remember when we talked back at McLaren seemed to have put their suspension on the wrong way around. Perhaps you know that's why they've done it because they didn't seem to be a major player that had issues with it as much as other teams in testing.
1: Yeah, and it'll definitely cause a lot of engineers some headaches around the, uh, around the globe because they need to sort it out and it it's it, I find it really cool that there's something that F1 teams missed like quite a yeah. little, majorly. Because it so... it does
0: definitely seem like one of those things, doesn't it, that mm. could mean one weekend we have a complete wild card team towards the front. Yeah. If they just somehow tune the setup right for that track. Could make yeah. make very, very interesting. Yeah. And
1: especially on bumpy tracks, it's going to be very difficult. Um,
0: well, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. You yeah. think something like that down the front straight of Baku is yeah. not going to be very You're safe be at all.
1: you for control almost, aren't you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Another doesn't, doesn't thing, well. just
1: well, reportedly, this was uh, an article today, was saying that the only, apparently only Alfa Romeo are under the weight limit. Um, well, on the weight limit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the rest of the field... Are, over the weight, which is obviously leads to disqualification if you go into a race weekend like that, but no. obviously, like does it not? No, it's it just does. underweight.
0: They they oh. only have a minimum weight; they don't have a maximum weight.
1: Oh, yeah. Have you read that article then. completely
0: yeah, I wrong? I, I sent <laughs> Jamie this article earlier on, and <laughs> he's completely misinterpreted it. I guess so I Alpha is the lightest.
1: Yeah, you go for it. So
0: Alpha and Mayo are the only team so far that have been able to bring their car that they can run it at the minimum race weight requirement. Every other team at the moment is currently over that, which obviously means that because I I think it's like one kilo can affect you by like three hundredths of a second a lap if you can try and shave that off the car. That's why Nico Rosberg
1: stopped cycling in 2016, as a fun fact.
0: He kept bringing his bicycle in a Formula One car?
1: No, no, he stopped cycling at the summer break to lose weight in his leg muscle. Nice. And then then he got Japan pole by a couple of hundredths, and he he says it was because of that. What, in 2016?
0: Yeah. You got pole?
1: In Japan, yeah. And they he won Did the he? race. Yeah. That's the race that won in the title, because Hamilton was third.
0: Uh, I'm such a moron. I what? spent all of that thinking you were on about Hulkenberg. No. <laughs> I could not that remember bit. that for the life of me. <laughs> <laughs> that really threw me off then for a while. Like, I just remember, Hulkenberg never won a race.
1: <laughs> no, but low oh, weight that's... is obviously better. That's what yes. I learned here.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So Alfredo, you know, could early on, you know, potentially be a bit of a dark horse. Like we've we mentioned them now a couple of times today. I got
1: David. my hopes up when I saw that article, thinking that everyone else was going to get disqualified.
0: You um, are quite a muppet.
1: So it's going to be Bottas, Joe, one and two every race. Nice.
0: So- nice. Yeah. No. There's. I don't think there's a maximum weight. I mean, you wouldn't want to make your car out of steel by that. Anyways, no. But
1: like the uh, the Marussia from Top Gear back in the exactly.
0: day. Exactly. <laughs> Ferrari. If that Fernando Alonso types <laughs> our car. He's gonna be buggered.
1: <laughs> oh, what a team! What a show! What a,
0: I miss Manner. <laughs> if I could, if Andretti could rename themselves Manner for next year, yeah. I'd be, I'd be down with that. Um, I think though, Jamie, we've got through everything we needed to this week. Oh no, we got a couple of little bits, haven't we? For those of you that like to watch TV, oh yeah, F two. The dream chase, the dream, whatever it's called, is apparently coming out today. At the time of recording this, in fact, it might already be out probably uh, by the really time out. this pod. It probably is already out by the time this podcast goes live. And the new Drive to Survive trailer has dropped as well. Obviously, that releases on the eleventh of March, so in just under two weeks' time, next Friday, even actually, yeah. at the time of this video going live.
1: Very exciting times. I'll be watching that. Yeah, um, we're both obviously going to do a probably, review of I Probably won't watch the uh, F two one because I don't have F one TV, so it seems unlikely. I've never
0: bought F one TV, and honestly, this year I'm very tempted to.
1: I ha- I watched the first F two chase the dream, which was I think 2019, or for 2019 season. It was it was good. It was it was very much felt like a, a watered down Drive to Survive. <laughs> that
0: was kind um, of the point, though, wasn't it? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, it was alright. It was worth a watch if you have if you have F one TV, but I don't anymore, so I'm not bother
0: fair enough so i'm gonna be doing a solo podcast then talking about f2 (laughs) someone else who's watched it exactly yeah one of three people i'll do it with will buxton if people (laughs) can hit me up for a podcast i'm definitely down um but yeah so exciting times coming ahead and we've we basically to be honest jamie haven't we like we'll we'll let you guys into a bit of behind the scenes right now we've basically got all the podcasts sorted out until what after Jeddah, now isn't it because of course Jeddah's only a weekend after bahrain so next week, we're going to be doing a um,
1: livery ranking.
0: livery ranking, And then, of course, we've got winter testing, real winter testing this week, oh, oh, that week even. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Drive to Survive. So the, obviously, then the week after that, Bahrain Race Week, we're going to do our full finalised 2022 championship predictions. Things are getting spicy, JP. Yeah. I cannot believe we what need, we're three we need to drop weeks a term away. Card. We do. Three weeks away from F1 2022.
1: Yeah, amazing. The winter break has actually flown by to there. We've, we've only, almost made it. It is much shorter these days than it used to be, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get getting excited.
0: Of course, I think we both just quickly want to say a massive thank you note. Over the last couple of weeks, I'd like to thank Jamie as well, to be honest. Oh, wow. We've done, what, 13 podcasts over the course of Feb or something insane like that? Yeah. Obviously, we four. Well, no, I think it's only about 11 or 12 actually saying that. Because we
1: combined something, didn't we?
0: Yeah, Hassan Now Alpha we did on the same day as the reveals. So I think even then we've still done, yeah, I think 13 or 14. Uh, no, about 11 or 12, sorry, podcasts over the course of February, which has kind of been insane, hasn't it really?
1: Yeah, far too long talking to a camera and to Matt, yeah, actually.
0: And, and to me, definitely. Because, <laughs> of course, yeah, like, like I've said, obviously, James is at university, I work as well. Uh, full time so you know we, we do keep very very busy around this and obviously just trying to find time in our schedule to talk about these things but yeah, yeah so I, i'd just like to say thank you to you as well jamie well, of course for for, for for being here over the last few weeks um but yeah of course now we've gone through the last car reveals everything like that we will be back to normal weekly shows as well so let us know down in the comments below anything else obviously you want us to focus on in these podcasts Jamie, anything else to add from you before we finish off today? Uh, I don't believe so. I think we've we've done a pretty good rundown, haven't we? Capping off everything that we'd yeah. intended to. Of course, we will keep discussing everything that's going on sort of around, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep, um, we'll do an update next week on obviously if anything has changed. You know, we've sort of said we've got ideas for what we want to do each week, but there are a few other bits and pieces that we'll obviously we'll have to divulge into, of course. Has, anything with that. And then, of course, any sort of new talks about Andretti and obviously anything else in the world of Formula 1. So if you aren't already, do make sure you leave a follow or get yourself subscribed, whether you're watching this on TikTok, on on YouTube or Spotify. You can upload 10-minute videos now on TikTok, so perhaps we're going to expand over there as well, Jamie. But thank you all so much for watching. And yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday then with more Knowing Wheel.